So we we're talking today about Romans Romans eight. We're still in on Romans eight. <coughs> we're still on Romans eight. David, come and put your shoulder on my Andre, so you don't hurt yourself. <coughs> we're still on Romans eight. So we're talking about Romans eight thirty five through thirty nine. <coughs> 35 to 39. Uh, read from New Living Translation. Romans 8, 35 to 39. New Living. It says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it, does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger? Or threatened with death as the scriptures say for your sake we are killed every day we are being slaughtered like sheep no despite all these things overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us for I am for I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from Christ from God's love neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above, <clears throat> in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation would ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, the, the Holy Spirit has really been, you know, helping us to navigate through Romans 8. So this today's part is part six of Romans eight. We've gone through this, and it's, for me, it's exciting to see, to dig out. It's more of peeling an peeling an onion, to dig out, you know, revelation wisdom from from this from this um, scripture, from this chapter. So I believe we're at the last leg. Hopefully, we'll be able to finish. If not, we'll finish next week. Um, we understand that this particular verse is that we read <clears throat> it describes the love of God the love of God and the love from God you know we know that the, you know God is love and he has demonstrated his love by sending his only begotten son Jesus in 1 John 4 7 1 John 4 7 New Living Translation It says, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and love and knows God. First John 4 7. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for his God is love. So love is basically what it's saying here as when you say God is love, it means that love is an attribute of God. And since we have the Spirit of God in us, we too need to know. We, we, we too need to, to be able to love people. We need to be able to show love to people. We need to be able to demonstrate the love of God towards people. You see, this word love is being misunderstood or misinterpreted. People feel love is only shown to it's only shown when people are nice to you or when someone is not and when somebody is not nice to you withhold the love 
You know what? I'm only nice to my friends, but to other people, I'm not nice to them. You know, I'm not going to be nice to them. He says, you know, we know that it is, it is, that's not true love. True love is, you know, God taught us what true love is all about. True love is when he sent his only begotten son. You know, if you look at that, 1 John 4.10. 1 John 4.10, it says, in New Living Translation, it says, this is real love. Not that we not that we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So <coughs> true, true love means even though you don't like me, that's what God did. Even though we didn't like Him, even though we hated His gods, even though we hated Him, true love basically gives regardless of whatever is going on. True love. Okay, go over there. True love means I'm going to love you no matter how much you hate me. I'm not going to withhold I'm not going to withhold the love that I have for you. The scriptures tell us that you know, real love is is basically let me tell you what real love is about. Real love is about showing mercy and grace. Real love is about showing mercy and grace. Real love is is demonstrated we, demonst- we are to demonstrate the love of Christ, a lot of Jesus, to everyone, and especially your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I believe it's, 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 so, it's so bad to see people in the body of Christ demonstrating the message of the devil, hate, to their fellow brothers and sisters in, in Christ. <clears throat> The Bible says that we have the same DNA. That's what the Lord taught us last last um, last week Sunday. Your Christian brother and sister have the same DNA. They are as close, if not even closer, to your natural brothers and sisters because you have the same DNA. You know, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was chatting with one of, my, one of my friends, Jim. I was texting, texting him, and we're talking about some something. And at the end, you know, he says, "It's so nice to have a brother in Christ in the job." You know, because he said to me, he says, "Could you please pray for me? I'm about to go." talk to somebody that is, is going through a hard time. Could you please pray for me? I said, sure, I will. And the guy and at the end says, I'm so glad that I have a, a true brother. He's talking to me like a true brother in, in the job. So within a body is we are to demonstrate the love of Christ to one another. And look at what um, 1 John 4, 20-21 says. <clears throat> 1 John 4, 20-21. It says, If someone believes, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if, for if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us his command. 
Those who love God must also love his fellow believers. So I believe that it is that 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 sometimes we miss the aspect of love, this concept of love. It is really ridiculous that we hate our own brothers and sisters, either earthly, natural, spiritual. It doesn't mean does it mean that you know for a fellow believer to hate his brother or sister? In, for me. The Lord was, I won't say for me, but the way the Lord is, is asking, does it mean that the person does not have the Spirit of Christ in them? Or have they ignored the Holy Spirit? If the Holy Spirit has said, man, love this person, have you ignored the, the this Christ Spirit in you that is, is, because that's the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Have you ignored the love of God that is, that is in you, that is rising up in you? Are we truly allowed, have we truly allowed Christ to rule over our lives? That's the, that's, for me, that's the key. Do we, have we allowed Christ to say, you know, you're over, you're, you're, you're the king over my life, you know, and, and, and that's basically it. The Bible calls the person who hates Look at what the Bible says. The person who hates a fellow believer is a what? A liar. Don't forget. The devil says, the Bible says the devil is what? The father of what? Lies. So for, for God to call a fellow, <laughs> this is deep. For God to call a, an, a, a, a Christian that hates his brother or sister a liar, and the devil is a father of lies. So it means that that Christian is doing the work of who? The devil. He's doing the work of the devil. And if you're not, if, if, you, if you dig deep, you know, if you, indirectly, they're in the camp of the devil. Indirectly. Indirectly, they haven't crossed over completely and successfully to the other side. They're still allowing the devil to do what? Do some controlling. Mark eleven twenty-five, in New Living Translation says, Then you are when you are praying first. Forgive anyone who's holding a grudge against you so that your Heavenly Father will forgive your sins. Think about it. Think about it. Think about that statement. If you read 23, 24, 25, 23, 24, 25 says, in that whole, you don't even read, that whole Mark 11, from Mark 11, Mark 11, 12, is talking about Jesus Cursing the fig tree, then he goes to the to the to the temple and drives out demons. Then the next morning, you know, Peter says, Ah, the fig tree uh, you curse has died. Then Jesus now tells him, says, You should what? Have faith in God. Then he now tells him in 23, he says, You can speak to the mountain. 24, he says, You can pray about anything. Then 25, he now seals the deal. He says, Forgive. So it means 
for you for all these things to happen for all these things for all these things to happen you need to do what forgive if you don't want the devil to steal your joy steal your blessing steal everything from you anyone including your christian brother and sister i know that some people have some people say it's been said hurt people hurt others you know some people have been hurt so they have to hurt others knowingly or unknowingly. However, we know the scripture now. So we need to go to God to, to ask for help, to for God to work on our heart. Some people, people hurt you, you know, you, you, you get hurt. You ask God, say, God, help me to work on my heart. It is not worth holding a grudge against anyone. It's not worth it. You want God, you want God to also forgive your sins. He says, you know what the, that Mark 11, Mark 11, 25 says? He says, so, and you shall do what? Leap. If you forgive somebody, God in heaven will do what? Forgive, because you sow and you reap it. It's not what, I'm telling, like I said, it's not worth it. It's not worth holding a grudge against anyone. When you hold a grudge, your father will not forgive you either. Holding a grudge also prevents the answer to prayer. I don't care what the person has done to you. Pastor Manuel called me one, called us one time. We were talking, and he kept on saying about you know, uh, uh, look, he's gotten a revelation that hey, if you have any grudge, go ahead. anybody has, you have a grudge, call them and apologize. Man, or if you can't call them apologize, forgive them. Forgive them right away. So that the devil doesn't eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I quickly, quickly called somebody. I said, uh, yeah, we are good. <laughs> we are good. Yeah, you, sometimes you can't call. Sometimes you can't call. But the key is, you say, God, open my eyes. I want to forgive. Holding a grudge. I will repeat, also prevents the, the answer to prayer. If you always want open heaven on your part, be willing to forgive. This is also working in love. Like I said in the beginning of this, love is what? Is, is, is understand, the understanding about love is what? Is in mercy and is in grace. Is in good times and is in bad. Things do might not work out all the time, but you still work in love. See, we have the ability to love, but God has to give us the ability to to actually exemplify that love. We have to try to do what we can to love by the Holy Spirit helping us. All these things is is by faith. Is God helping us to do it? You know, I was telling my sister the other day, I was telling her, I was listening to her, just, I don't know, we're talking about love. And I was telling her how I, I watched one Benny Hinn um, uh, episode that this woman, she comes, comes in with a, with, a, with a wheelchair. And, you know, we're talking about, you can't just, it's not everybody you lay your hands on. It's not everybody that you, you, you say, I want to, God has to motivate you. God has to, to energize you. God has to, to, to enable you. 
and she so Benihin, you know, the, the the this woman comes for healing, and Benihin says was talking to the Lord, and the Lord says, "No, don't pray for her. Ask her, ask her who who you have hurt for." Hey, she says, "Yeah, my husband. He left me for the secretary in 1957 on Friday. I I remember very well. He wore a red dress with." She knew it to a T. She understood. She remembered everything from with such accuracy. And the, the man says, "Just forgive him. If you forgive him, your heavenly Father will forgive you, and you can walk out of here." And she said, "No, never." So, but the thing about it is, one point is that we need to we need to go back to that aspect of exemplifying the love of Christ. But going back to the aspect of love, love is showing mercy and love is showing grace. Love is being gracious even when they don't deserve it. We can call or, or, or check in on someone who hates you even though they hate you and you know it. Proverbs 25, 22. It says, Proverbs 25, 22. Can you know why that is? And it doesn't echo into this thing. Please, thank you. It says, Robert, um, Proverbs 20, 25, 22. It says, If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head and the, and the Lord will reward you. You see, you're heaping burning coals. You're, basically, you're, you're heaping love <laughs> on the person's head. And it is God that will reward you. Things are, everything about Christianity is an act of faith. Somebody might hurt you, you don't want to do it. I'm telling you, your body don't want to do it. Your soul, your soul, your soul don't want to do it. Your emotion don't want to do it. But the Holy Spirit says, go and forgive the person. The person calls you and says, hey, you go and you go and forgive. It is God that has the reward. If God says I'll reward you, what do you think that is? For God says I'll reward you, reward you. It's hard because, like I said, it is hard in the aspect of your allowing your emotion, your align your 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 flesh, your align everything to control you. But it is it is in God. You allow the Holy Spirit to control you. That's what the Galatians 5 says. Allow the Holy Spirit to do what? Do the control. I know a lady in my job. This lady, she doesn't want small talk. She'll call, she'll say, fix my computer. 
Well, that's when I used to do computer uh, on-site support. She said, fix my computer. She doesn't want any kind of conversation. People used to dread. What I mean, be, what I mean by dread? Going to her desk. She's an employee. She's an employee. People, we on-site support will be drawing straws. Who would, uh, who would go and see her? Unfortunately, I was almost always always getting the, the short end of the stick. I was going to go and see her. Then I said to God, I said, God, you know, can't I, you know, what's this whole thing? The first day, she, I was trying to have small talk with her. She says, look, I don't want to have any small talk. Just come and do your job. I'll fix my computer and get lost. I said, oh, Jesus. And get lost. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh Jesus, is this is this this is terrible. So for me, it now was a challenge. For some reason, it was I was I was angry. I was I said this is a challenge. Why is this woman so mean? Why is she so so heartless? I, I you know my computer and get lost. That's what she, she was saying. Don't I don't want to have this is how she says I don't want to have any kind of small talk. All I just want you to do is to do what? Fix my computer my computer and get lost. I say, oh Jesus. So I'll come, I'll fix her computer, and get lost. <laughs> but what will happen is that each time she call, I'm the one that will go. I'll come, get a computer, and get lost. So what I then did was I then reminded her. So I said, "Don't worry, I know, I know. Chuka is going to come, fix your computer, no small talk, and get lost. Don't worry about it. I will do that. I'm not going to talk. You, I will do scissors like put my mouth like uh, zip my mouth. I, I will. I say even even." Let me do do you one favor. Bring 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 tape. I will tip my mouth. And I kept on doing this for over two years. Two years. Sometimes she'll leave me. To to make it worse, she'll leave me on her computer. And she'll go out. She said, when you're done, just leave, just leave. You know the way out. <laughs> she'll say, You know the way out. Just Get lost. I saw Jesus. <laughs> Two years, I kept on biting my mouth. Couldn't do anything. She worked for this the 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 head of the um the head of the the, the head of uh, the the company. Then she worked for the head. She was the executive uh, admin. You know, all of a sudden, both of us, she would say, eh, I'm going to go have a smoke. Then I used to go and smoke. I said, okay. I said, could I do, could we, could we do it? Could you do something? I will go and have a smoke with you. Because this thing, I don't know how to fix it. But I won't talk, don't worry. And when, when if I talk, I will get lost, don't worry. So somehow with that whole, <laughs> that whole, that whole thing, we started to become smoke bodies. And one thing led to another, one thing. And I didn't find that she was a Christian. She was. 
Yes. And the time people were getting love. <laughs> she was a Christian. The only thing is, who, you know, so, like I said, people tend to be very hurt. And they hurt others. And let me tell you how, how God did it. Let me, when I say the, this reward, you think this reward is not, it's not a joke, I'm telling you. When you say God will do what? Reward you. Do you know that her boss, who's the head, anytime her computer broke, who, who came? Me. She didn't want anybody to touch that computer except Chuka. I'm telling you, there was nobody that was going to touch that computer except me. So when the woman left, when the woman got laid off, her replacement, see, they found out that it was me that was fixing the woman's computer. So her replacement said it was only Chuka that wanted to fix my computer. I fixed the, the, man, the computer. Even the man even went to the extent of bringing his home computer for me to be fixed. He would give me his car keys. Go and get my home computer. Come and fix my home computer. I say, yay. This is my... <laughs> there was one time that at 7.30 at night, I'm still working. I had to call Ayo. I say, I, I, I can't leave you. I call my boss. I say, this man keeps me here. He wants me to back up. You know what the man was telling me to back up? He wanted me to back up Pictures of his vacation. <laughs> so I called, I called my boss. I say, boss, this man is telling me to do work. My boss says, he's the boss of all bosses. Do what you have to do with him and leave me alone. The point I'm making is, there's a reward. You might not understand and see the reward now. But keep on heaping the bunny the coals. Mm. Keep on heaping it. Mm. It is God that knows how he's going to do the reward. Mm. It is he's him that will reward you. Keep on heaping it. Keep on heaping it. You keep on, and it's God will start to, and before you know it, you start to say, whoa, look at, look at what Romans, Romans, um, Romans 12, 19 to 21 says. Do not avenge yourselves, beloved, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him food to drink. Give him, sorry, give him, if he's thirsty, give him a drink. And in so doing, your heaping coals, burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. But the key here, look at what he says. Do not, like I said, do not avenge for yourself, beloved. Leave room for God to, to do his own. Vengeance is his God. Is God? He's him that will repay. So why are you trying to repay? But the enemy wants us to repay. Keep malice. We're asked to love those who hate us. 
Yes, it is difficult, but doable with the help of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it physically. Me and you can't do it on our own because after a while we'll get tired. When you do, you allow God to now use you and God is the only one who has the power to reward by doing good. It is not an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. We combat evil with good. We have to do that. Love is in action. God's kind of love is learned. Is learned. You learn it. We learn to live God's kind of way. God teaches us how to love. If we are left to love the human, sometimes we are, if we, if we are left to love the kind of human way, I'm telling you, we will love that kind of way. We will kill anybody that does, you know, that disagrees with us. My way or the highway. We become a what? We become a dictator. You will keep only people that, that love you and anybody else that doesn't love you will kill them out. You become like Idi Amin. That's what the Lord was telling me. You become like Idi Amin. If you don't love me, I kill you. So all the people that are going to say, I love you, I love you, they don't mean it. They're just afraid. They're afraid. <laughs> They're afraid because you know what? I don't want this person to kill me. In order to love the kind, love God kind of way, we need to call upon God to show us the way to love His kind of way. It is love is not. Let me repeat: love is not of human being. It's not a human being thing. Love is a God kind of thing. Look, love, human beings. You see, let me let me give you the difference. Human beings love people who love them. God lost people who love them and the people who hate them. Love people, love, love, God's kind of love will love people who love you and love people who hate you. But human love loves only people who love them. See the difference? There's a difference right there. Can you imagine Jesus, God sent his only begotten son when we hated him. So that's the love that we're talking about. And he loves you for who you are. You're his child, so he loves you. He knows that we are humans and we are prone to loving the world kind of way. But we need to learn how to love like him. Matthew 25, 35 to 40. It says, Matthew 25, 35 to 40. It says, For I am hungry, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me to your home. I was naked and you, you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. These then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and showed you hospitality? 
or naked and gave you clothing? When did we ever see you sick and or you know, in prison or visit and visit you? And the king would say, Matthew twenty-five, thirty-five to forty. <clears throat> and the Matthew twenty-five, thirty-five to forty. And the king would say, I tell you the truth, when you did the it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So the key is that he says, this is what love is all about. It's action. Somebody is in prison, you, you help them out. Somebody is hungry, you give them food. Love is, in, is, in the, is, is demonstrative. Is, is demonstrated. You know, God can tell you that man hurts your feelings. Yes, he, he really hurt you. But now, I want you to do something for you, for me. The person is in hospital. I want you to go and visit them. Ah, oh, God, now. Hey, but you know with this whole COVID, God, you know with this whole COVID, why do you want me to go to hospital with this whole COVID? We used COVID as, a, as, a, as an excuse. I can't go. Okay, okay, you can't go. Okay, then pick up the phone and call them. Okay, you you got a you got a good excuse. You can't go COVID. Okay, wonderful. Okay, pick up the phone and call. But I don't know the number. What do you mean you don't know? Google the place. Google hospital. Ask for so 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 person. Ah, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. No problem. And you conveniently do what? Forget about it. Because he's like, why am I gonna do that? Then later, when the Lord stirs it up again, you say, God, don't you know what that person did to me? You see, love is demonstrated by caring for others. That's what love is all about. But what happens is that love, love is, the human kind of love is only in the good times. You know, the Lord reminded me this, uh, which, you know, I, you know, you know, sometimes you choose not to remember this one, but but Lord reminded me, he says, I remember when my father went to be with the Lord. People who were always around my father. But where are they now? No way to be found. They're not even there. They're not there now where trouble has happened. He's, no, he's, he's gone to, to be with the Lord. They're nowhere to be found. Sometimes people are there to get and they're not really in it for the relationship. When things are getting tough, they will leave you alone until the times are getting good. Then they will come back. But God assures that us that He will love us through any situation we find ourselves in. The Bible says He will never leave us or abandon us. He will always be there. He will love us through it. He will, be, he will be responsible for giving us the ability to go through it, no matter how difficult it is. Isaiah 40, 43, 1-2. Isaiah 43, 1-2. He says, But now, O Jacob, listen Something just came up on my screen. Okay. He says, 
But now, O Jacob, listen to sorry. Oh, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord your Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid. I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I'll be there with you. I'll be with you. When you go to rivers of difficulties, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. Flames will not consume you. So the Lord is saying, I'm there with you each step of the way. Anywhere you go, I'm there with you. There's a picture that, uh, that always, always, you know, that always, each time I see it, I just get so excited. You know, a picture of a young, a, a, a young boy is, is, is holding something. No, sorry, a young boy is, is walking, but you don't see the person that's walking next to him. You just see the, the, the footprint. It just makes me understand that, wow, God is still there. He's always there with us, no matter the situation, no matter where we go through. And he says that he always will give us what? It's victory. Because he's, if, if God is there, he's the strong man in the thing. He's the steel man. He's the one that is the, he's the, he's the, he's the security guy. You know, uh, 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 um, um, this guy, um, yeah? Isaiah, Isaiah 43, 1 to 2. It, it reminds me of um, this guy. They call him the money. Uh, Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. They call him the money. Floyd Mayweather has like four bodyguards. He pays them like $150,000 a year. Four of them. So he, make, he pays them, he's a comfortable, but he has his four huge bodyguards. But we don't have that human bodyguard. We have God Almighty and the angels all around. That is our bodyguard. We don't have to pay that $150,000 a year. Because those people, even though you're saying they're getting paid $150,000 a year, if somebody comes and gives them a million dollars each so that they can disappear, so they can, they can that they can, they can get rid of Mayweather, they will do it very quickly in a heartbeat because somebody is now giving them more money. But the thing about it is there's no one that can bribe God. So that's why the Bible says you have victory all the time over any situation because of his love. You know, I, we talked about this victory aspect. I, I would encourage you to go and listen to, you know, the podcast or YouTube, you know, search for Princeton FTLW. Uh, Princeton FTLW Church, and you see it in there. You know, we talked about it. The victory as a as a Christian last Sunday. So the key, the key is that He loves us, and because of His love, we always have what victory upon victory upon victory upon victory. And the thing about it is. He loves us in spite of the issue we go through. Let me tell you something. In your mind, you see, everybody, the victory that we always think about, sometimes we always think victory is always success in our mind. But God has his own aspect of victory. The way he's, he's own. look, 
it was yesterday that I then understood that God has when guys God says is victorious. You know, our own measure of victorious is not the same measure that God measures victorious. He said his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. He's, the way he measures victory is not the way you measure victory. Because we can look at it in with Stephen. You can see Stephen exemplified the love of God. Loving his enemies. Loving people that hated him with, with a passion. Let's, let's quickly look at it. Let's quickly look at it. Acts 7, 54 to, 54 to 60. Acts 7, 54 to 60. And it says the Jewish, the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation. And they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told and he told them, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in, in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands on their head, on their ears, and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And that he died. Think about this thing. If it were me and you, you say, God, please punish them. Punish them, their mother, their grain, all the way down to their generation, generation. For them to to stone a Christian God, I want you to heap burning coals of hell on them. But he didn't say that. He says, God, do not do what? Charge it against them. Look at another thing the Lord said to me. He says, have you ever seen the Bible say that Jesus stood up? Where is always Jesus? Always he says he's always sitting at the right hand of who? of the Father. But this time around, he stood up in love for his own son, Stephen. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and was doing what? And he says, "Wow, that's my son." Even though he was killed, God, Jesus received his, there was victory. And that's why you see that in that, in that same, if you go up, let me, let, me, let, me, let me read it real quick. In that same verse, it says, in, in that Romans 8, 36, it says, and the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are slaughtered like sheep. Who is those are the disciples? They were slaughtered, but they still said, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours. We have overwhelming victory all the time. 
I don't know where I am now. Went up. Yeah. But you see, here, here's a scoop too. Stephen loved the Lord with all his heart. He did not want to charge. He didn't want, he didn't want the charge of sin to be placed on them. He wanted through his death that God will walk to bring one of these people that stoned him back to, to God. Because if he reigned, say, God, do not, do not. But he didn't. He said, God, do not charge it against them. So God used the opportunity and says, I have an, an opening. I can do what? Get who? Saul. And that's how he, he got Saul into what? Into the kingdom. Because can you imagine if, if he says, God, man, man, charge it, charge them. Look at this. Charge them. But you should have seen the love that he had. He says, do not charge them, Lord. Let this be to your glory. Let, let, because have you seen, have you seen, have you seen, have, have, the Lord was just explaining to me then that you see people, people die, okay, and in during their funeral, the wind, the, you hear the preacher will preach, they will make an altar call, and how many people will come and receive Jesus during that altar call? In a funeral, it means that even in that funeral, the man, the who knows? People were praying. I think it was uh, it was I don't know who's, who funeral we went to that they made an altar call and like like three or four people gave their life to Christ. I'm like, wow! Even in death, people are coming to to the saving knowledge of Christ. In your mindset, you be like wondering, how's that victory? It's victory for for the kingdom. You lose one God, God, but you lose one. It doesn't. You not if you lost the one. One goes to sleep. It goes to heaven, and God does what in that one more come into the kingdom. In your mind, you think it's not victory, but in God's mind, it's victory. It's victory. How many people, think about it, how many people did Stephen, the word he preached, he sowed a seed. How many people did that seed, remember it says Paul planted, Apollos watered, and God did what? Brought the increase. How many seeds was he <laughs> throwing out there? How many hearts did he pick up? This um that's love in action. Verse 38 says in that Romans 8 38, it says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor neither angels or demons, neither fears of tomorrow today or worries of tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. You know, the Lord explained something to me here. He says, 
We can be in fear or worry about a situation that is locking around the corner. But God still loves you. Oh man, the thing really, that thing really opened my eyes. God still does what? He still loves you. For me, that's deep. He says, look at what he then says. I'm telling you, he says, when I, I was like, he says, Romans 8, he says, neither death nor life nor angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. For me, it's 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 amazing because it means that you can worry, but God is still loving you. You can be afraid, but God is still loving you. He's still loving you. Fear comes in sometimes. Worry comes in sometimes. But the key is that God is still loving us. He walks in our weaknesses. Whereby, you know, when you're afraid and you're, you're worried, you, you go to God and say, God, I don't know what to do. You can go back to him and say, God, I, I, can't, I can't do this. I don't know what to do. You know how you, you, you hit a roadblock? You hit a roadblock, you don't even know where to go. Right, left, right, you can't go anywhere because the wall is in your, your face. It's closed. You can cry unto God, I'm God, I'm afraid. What should I do? What should I do? Help me. He still sends his love. That, is, for me, it's, 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 it's just so deep. Second Corinthians, I'm almost, I'm almost done. Second Corinthians twelve nine, TPT. Second Corinthians twelve nine. But he answered, "My grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through." your weakness. So I celebrate your weakness for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. The Bible didn't say unbelief. When you're in unbelief, he still loves you. The Bible says when you're what? When fear comes in, worry shows up, it shows up sometimes. Come on, let's be frank. It shows up sometimes. We can be in fear about the situation. God will still love us. He's still working. The key is what do you do when you're in fear? Do you fear and worry ourselves into unbelief? Do we fear and worry ourselves and get, and get up to trust God that he will do it but still fearful and worried? God works in our weaknesses. When we hit a roadblock, his love, which is his grace, that's why I'm saying he's always, he's always there. Mercy, grace is sufficient for us. I was once worried 
I was once in fear and worried about a situation, but I might have, which I might have caused in my, in myself, but God slowly but surely came through for me when I, I said, you know what, God, I can't do anything about this. Then God swept, swept, swept in and did what? Saved the day. Some people are in fear and worried and throwing the tower and don't trust God, period. But God will still love them. The key is, do we have faith? Do we have faith to trust God? Let me tell you something. You know, you, you, could, you could have... You could have a job issue. They tell you that they're, they're laying up people. What are you? Come on, let's be frank. Let, let's call a spade a spade. Your body will be afraid. In this time of time, are you kidding me, Lord? Oh, what's going to happen? But the thing, the key is that what you do, you say, God, but I trust you. Even though I'm afraid, but I trust you. I trust you. He now says, wow. Even doing that weakness, you can still rise up and say, God, I still trust you. He still loves you to take care of you. He's not going to abandon you. We grow in faith. That's the key. Supposing he does not love you, when you are fearful, then it will, be, it will be difficult to grow into faith. You will still be struggling. We sense when God, when someone loves us, you know you sense it. When someone loves you or somebody is drawn away from you or drawn to you, you sense it, you cannot know. We are typically drawn to love. When God loves us and we are, we are fearful, he gives us the assurance that he's still there with us. When this happens, we're able to even trust him the next time. This is what this is what and how we need to how we need to love one another. The other party might be tiptoeing around you, but you but when you love them, they respond to love and they're able to trust you again. This is what love is all about. Love, God, God think about it. For me, I, I look at it like, look at it like a child. Your child might be afraid to talk to you, but the person, will, you, still, you still get, maybe he's done something terribly wrong. But he's still afraid to talk to you because he doesn't know what your reaction is going to be. But you come and say, Daddy, I know you might beat me, I'm afraid. But <coughs> you might not be okay with me. You might not be okay with me. Cause all kinds of things. But look at what I did. 
he still had the ability to come to trust you in that aspect of fear. Now, what do you do? What you do then is what's going to either break him or give him an assurance that he can come to you at all times. If you chase him, it means that when he has this a similar issue again, he's not going to come to you again. He's not going to be able to come to you again because he remember the last time he was afraid and he came and got some courage to come and talk to you. Or, if you bring him in, I say, it's okay. You know, you can be afraid when that situation happens. You get to your, your job, they tell you, I'm going to lay off half the company. You get afraid. You go to your closet and you say, God, you know, what? I put myself in your hands. Yes, you go to work, you're, you're still a little bit afraid. Do you know that as you keep going, as you keep going to work, day in, day out, after a while, you have that peace. God now confirms his peace on you, saying, it's okay. <coughs> it's okay. I got you. It's, you keep going. Because now he's, he's, he now, he's now, you're on the weak side. You don't know what's going to happen. So he now comes, comes what? He can't confirm his word for you. He now says, it's okay, I got you. You're my child. He now brings an assurance to you and says, it's okay. That's the love of God. And that's what the Lord is saying we should demonstrate to others because he's demonstrating it to us. First Corinthians, finally the last scripture, First Corinthians 13, 13. It says, three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. It's love. Love is the greatest. If, if I show love to you, 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 you want to do the world for me. But the thing is, God is saying, I have given you love. <clears throat> I've shown love with you to you. Love others. Love others. And it's not the kind of love the world demonstrates, but the kind of love I demonstrate. And the kind of love I demonstrate is I, I, <clears throat> I love people that like me. I love people that hate me. I love people. But you know, let me tell you something. It is, it is the Holy Spirit that compels us to do this kind of love. You know, it's not everybody that people, there are some people that will hate you. Let me just say it this way. There are some people that will hate you that the Lord will say, leave them alone. <clears throat> Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we're working with the Holy Spirit. There are some people that hate you, the Lord will say, don't worry, leave them alone, I'll take care of them. But there are some people that the Lord will say, you know what? You go and love them. You can love them. And that person that God says, leave them alone. Lord is, the Lord is preparing their what? Their hearts. So that when it's time for you to love them, the person will receive that love. 
Imagine it's clear. Praise the Lord. So the key is that I just pray that, you know, that today that anyone that has any kind of grudge, you have a grudge against somebody, ask God, say, God, and let them go. It's not worth it. It's not worth my life. It's not worth anything. It's not worth... It's not what me missing my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's not what, what the devil taking, stealing my joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's not worth it. It's not worth, it's not worth anything. It's not worth grieving the Holy Spirit. The key is saying, God, help me to basically do what? Love. You know, help me to basically... Work in my heart to just tear tear down those those, those barriers, you know, and, and believe. Now, you know, sometimes people say, "Oh God, but God is still working on me." When you just pray that prayer, God has started working on you. And help help start asking God, help me to when you ask me to do something now to love those people that have hurt me. Give me the strength to do it. It might be difficult on the flesh. It might be difficult on the body. But help me to do it. And this, I, I know that as you do, your reward is sound. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus.